We continue in our series on questions that Jesus asked. There are nine questions in this passage in Mark, and we're, I guess we'll touch on all of them. Um, you know, do you not understand? Are you stubborn? Are you hearts hardened? Do you hear and not hear? Do you see and not see? How many, how many loaves uh, were left over uh, the first time I did this miracle? How many loaves were left over the second time as I did this? Do you not understand? I'm going to talk about the first question that Jesus asked, which is, why are you talking about having no bread? Why are you talking about having no bread? Um, we can understand bread literally or figuratively, literally as bread, as food, figuratively as, as income, the money that we have. Uh, it's kind of the world we live in to think why we have no bread or why we have little bread, uh, wanting to have more, needing to have more, why don't we have enough? Those all revolve around the question of why are you talking about having no bread? Um, why are we talking about you know, retirement and savings and, and the shortage of things? Food insecurity is a reality throughout history, literally having no bread. Uh, you know, the Bible very early starts in the, in the 12th chapter of Genesis uh, with a famine, a drought in, in the land of Canaan, and Abraham and his wife Sarah have to go to Egypt where there's food and water. You know, there's a forced migration. In Egypt, the Hebrew slaves have a lack of food and water. When they escape to the wilderness, the Israelites don't have food, don't have water. And that's where we have the miracle of the manna that shows up every morning where they have enough to eat. Not more than enough, but enough. Um, it's a constant theme in the Old and New Testaments. It's a constant theme in history. You know, why are there keenies in the United States? Because of the potato famine in Ireland. The keenies didn't have food, and they came to this country. And I imagine if we look at, at many of our family stories, our ancestors came here because of food insecurity. One in four children in Ohio suffer from food insecurity. One in six people in Ohio suffer from food insecurity. It's a reality that must be addressed, and it's a ministry that churches and people can do. Why are you talking about having no bread? We can talk about it literally, and we can also talk about this as a world view. You know, having no bread is an issue of scarcity. And there are worldviews that, you know, there is scarcity and there is abundance. And these two worldviews often come into conflict. There is the worldview that says there's not enough. 
and another that says there is enough. This is a tension between Jesus and his disciples throughout the Gospels. The disciples have this scarcity, not enough thinking. And Jesus has this abundance and enough thinking. Jesus says, God's love falls on the just and the unjust. There's enough. And the disciples say, no, that isn't right. It only falls on the just. Jesus says, give to those who beg from you. And the disciples say, no, no, we can't do that. There isn't enough. We can't share. Jesus says, forgive seven times 70, which is basically infinite. And the disciples say, no, we don't have enough love to do that. Jesus says, let the little children come to me. There's enough to go around. And the disciples say, no, there isn't enough. There isn't enough. So there's this tension throughout the Gospels between Jesus' worldview and the disciples' worldview. And it somewhat comes to a head in chapter 8 of Mark. In chapter 6, Jesus has performed the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. You know, they've gone to a dark, remote, uh, lonely, remote place, and uh, it's getting toward twilight, and the disciples come to Jesus and say, how are we going to feed all these people? We can't feed them all. Send them away. Get rid of them. Send them away. And Jesus says, you feed them. And they say, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough food. And Jesus says, feed them. And they go through and they find the loaves and the fishes. And what they think is scarcity is more than enough. And then two chapters later, they're with 4,000 people. And there's not enough bread. And the disciples say to Jesus, send them away. We don't have enough. We don't have enough money. We can't feed them because of the scarcity. And Jesus says, feed them. In Jesus' worldview, there's this abundance. And the disciples, there's just not enough. I think Jesus' frustration, and we always talk about Jesus' frustration with the disciples, you know, shows through in this passage when he asks these nine questions. You know, do you not understand? Why do you think there's no bread? Do you not understand? Don't you remember the miracle of feeding 5,000 just two chapters before? Don't you remember the feeding of the 4,000 just three verses before this? Why do you forget so quickly? Why don't you remember? And then he gets really elementary. He said, when I fed the 5,000, how many loaves did you start with? Five. How many did you have left over? Seven. Don't you get it? And when I fed the 4,000, how many did you start with? Seven. And how many do you have left over? Twelve. 
You still don't get it? Why are you talking about no bread? The world is abundance. I think if we're going to understand Jesus, we need to understand that his worldview is that there is enough. That there is abundance in the world. And a lot of problems with Jesus come from not understanding the abundance that Jesus sees. He just sees the world differently. What does scarcity thinking do to a person? Well, scarcity thinking, thinking there's not enough, can make us selfish. It can make us greedy. It can make us exclusive and tribal. I have to hold on to what I've got. I can't share with you. It can make us unneighborly, fearful and anxious, and insecure. I can't share my food with you. There's not enough. Wendell Berry says, when we have this scarcity thinking, we want our neighbor's land more than we want our neighbor. And scarcity thinking leads to scarcity. If I think there's not enough food, I'm going to hoard. And I'm going to take your food and your food and your food in hopes that I'll have enough. But my hoarding creates a scarcity for others. Scarcity leads to scarcity. And when you think about Jesus' preaching, how much of his preaching was opposed to scarcity thinking and how we act when we have that thinking against greed, against hoarding, against selfishness. What does abundant thinking do to us? What does there's enough do to us? It makes us grateful. It makes us generous. It permits us to share. It permits us to be a neighbor and create a neighborhood and think of the common good. You know, when there's abundant thinking, there's enough for good schools. There's enough for good health care. There's enough for good housing. There's enough for immigrants. You know, abundant thinking creates neighbors and makes the world a neighborhood. And when you think about Jesus' teaching, his commandments, his parables, his lessons arise from a world where there's enough. We all know people who seem to have more than enough, but are so locked in on scarcity thinking that they create scarcity 
and think they're poor. And we all know people who have very little but see the world through an abundance of worldview. And there's enough for them, and they share, and they create neighborhood. I think the trick, the trick uh, Jesus thinking is to know the difference between enough and more than enough. In The Grapes of Wrath, which is probably the great American novel on scarcity and abundance, you know, the Jodes have very little, but they have an abundant worldview where they share and they create neighborhood. And the novel ends with um, Rose of Sharon whose infant has just died. Sharing her milk with the dying man, old man, in the boxcar. There's enough. Jesus' disciples in the Bible had a lot of trouble with Jesus' understanding of abundance when scarcity was the world, the air that they breathed. I think scarcity is the air that we breathe. I would love to see a commercial someday for a car or from a, from a clothing store that says, you know, you don't really need a new car. Take that money and give it to the food pantry. Would you ever see a commercial like that other than a commercial telling us what we need and what we lack. We have the same problems with Jesus that his disciples had. It's hard to understand Jesus. We might understand him on a Sunday morning, but come Monday, his advice about giving to those who ask, about giving our coat as well as our shirt, don't make sense on Monday morning. And we want to say, Jesus, you're unrealistic. You're impractical. You don't make sense. You don't live in the real world. I had a um, construction boss when I worked construction in, in college who used to, uh, when we, would, we college kids would try to cut corners and uh, pull the wool over his eyes, he would say, boys, if I was as dumb as you think I am, I'd be the happiest man in the world. You know, and I want to say to Jesus, Jesus, if I was as dumb as you think I am, I would be so happy. Jesus wants his disciples and wants his church to think in terms of abundance, that there is enough to feed people, that there is enough to house people, that there is enough to educate. This, um, when Jesus multiplies the loaves, we call it a miracle. And I think it is a miracle 
when people move from scarcity thinking to abundant thinking. <laughs> it's a miracle that that neighborhood came together and shared. It's a miracle that those people came together and created a park, created a school, created health care, created housing. It's a miracle. We think that way when people slide into abundant thinking. When Jesus multiplies the loaves and the fishes, each time he uses four verbs. The Mark uses four verbs to describe what Jesus does. He took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. Does that sound familiar? He took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. It's communion. Those are the four verbs that we use every time we have communion. Those miracles in Mark are a celebration of God's abundance. When we use those four verbs in communion, we are celebrating God's abundance. We are saying when we take communion, I live in God's world of abundance. I believe there is enough. I believe there is enough to go around. That there is enough love. There is enough forgiveness. There is generosity. I believe in the creator and the world that Jesus comes from where there's enough and enough and enough that we can have life abundantly because of the giving God who gives and gives and gives. Jesus wants us to live in his world of abundance and share that with others. May it be so. Amen.